You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And, you know, I grew up without the traditional summer camp experience. In my neighborhood, we didn't have arts and crafts and swimming. Typical summer activities involved tagging buildings and not wearing the wrong color on the wrong block. And hanging out with Jenny. Yeah, but that was, that was some of it was in there. For, the a block. St- for a stick of gum, she would chew on your tonsils. What? Huh? What? Well, I was making a Jennifer Lopez reference. Oh. Jenny from the block. You're thinking of the slut from Wet Hot American Summer whose name escapes me. Oh, Abby. Abby. Yes. Abby. Good old Abby. Abby Normal. Ah, good, good, good. Right. So, yes, if you haven't guessed uh, the show this week. How could they have? <laughs> I know, totally. <laughs> is about... What are these guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, Josh knows what we did, and he still has no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's about... Uh, uh, moist Italian food. Um, meatballs versus wet, hot American summer. The camp movies. Yes. Which, which I honestly thought, no, well, anyway, we'll get into that. All right. But before hey. we go to camp, let's go to the Musings of the Geek Podcast Network. It's like camp. And they have little... tents. But no, they don't have tents. They have podcasts. Well, it depends on how their pants are cut. What? Never mind. Huh? Go ahead. It's good. Go. Go. So at the Musings <laughs> of a Geek Podcast Network, you're going to find such... Fine tents as the arrow of time, the history of bad ideas, strange happenings. Wait, no, that's who the what now? Yes. Uh, Dark angels and pretty freaks and the comic roast. Those are some of my favorite tents. Really, that gets. Oh, you know what my favorite kind are the ones that are given to me because those are present tents. Jesus, wow! It wasn't that great to begin with, and I didn't think it could get any worse than that. But you just proved me wrong. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you reminded me to queue up Michael McDonald. <laughs> Yes, and if you want to listen to us and our tents in the Saturday day, uh, you can listen to us on Geek Life Radio at 12 o'clock noon. Smooth sailing so far. Keep going. <laughs> you can get our previous shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. By little by little, the backlog is getting reestablished. I think we're down to uh, the 60s now. So Nice. Yeah, and if you want to uh, shout out some ideas for shows and whatnot, you can always reach us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or you can uh, give us a call. Uh, you can send us an email at uh, 40go14 at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at 40go14. Yes. That was, like, professional. Yeah. Why, why can't we do that all the time? I don't know. Where's Joel? Where is Joel? I'm I'm here. Oh. oh, um, we do have an email that we forgot about. <clears throat> we do. What? Yes, one of us we should get that. Yes. Why don't you start up a voicemail while I bring that up? Yes, let's do that. Let's 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 hear some professionals <laughs> kicking and screaming. We're gonna get through this goddamn show. All right. Another app description of what put out is when a whore catches two balls to her taint and or chin. Bong. God damn it, Charlie! I really need to start. Whoa. Whoa, did Charlie get Josh? <laughs> Josh, <clears throat> mark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Hello? Hi. Hello. Disappeared for a second. That's weird. Did, did you guys actually hear all of that uh, that voicemail? Yeah, we, we yeah, heard. Yeah. We, we disappeared in mid-sentence. We thought Charlie got you. Yeah, so. no, I was saying I, I definitely need to screen these because I have no idea what that meant, but I'm still vaguely concerned. Well, no, dur- During one of the tweets, um... They were, they were talking about somebody having a record for putouts, and I defined what a putout was. Oh. So, uh, Martha Bueller Sullivan has sent us an email. Martha! Yay, hello, Martha. We like that you write to us, because that means I have to read things. That always goes well. <laughs> so I was seriously considering leaving you guys a voicemail, but because Pat asked so nicely for new callers that aren't Charlie, but I'm super awkward on the phone, so I'm going to make be awkward at you in email format instead. Well. I don't see how that wouldn't... Spanish to convey the awkwardness right there. Yeah, I know. Seriously, isn't that great? (laughs) 
First, tell Pat that the Alien Prometheus connection isn't a spoiler, because the space jockey was featured in the Prometheus trailer. If it was a secret, it wasn't being kept that well. It was supposed to be a secret, and it was one of those things where the director and the producer had an argument about what they were going to include in the trailer and whatnot. So it was technically supposed to be a spoiler, but they fucked it up in the trailer, kind of like they did with the recent Terminator movie. So yeah, you're, you're mostly right. Technically correct. That's yes. the best way to be correct. That, which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> Second, I should have said that said this in the last email, but I forgot. You guys are great, and I love your cast. Wait a second. I'm not used to this kind of talk. She didn't, yeah. she didn't write that I said that. So I frequently listen to it while I'm running, which can be a problem when Joel bursts out stone snagglepuss, and I start laughing way too hard. Third, I have more show ideas because apparently my new hobby is thinking up things I want to listen to you guys talk about. <laughs> nice. So uh, she says we should do a Disney show. We kind of did that. We did a Peter Pan show. A little bit of Disney there. Yeah, we should we yeah. should look at some other ones. Like Disney princesses would be kind of interesting. <clears throat> that would be. Oh, yeah, that would be an interesting show. How, how it's changed from then to now. I, yeah. I just watched Frozen for the first time. That was oh, really? actually that was as good as everybody says it was. I really liked it. Yeah, I love Olaf now. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon. I love Olaf. He's awesome. Oh. So she also says we should do a Saturday morning cartoon show. Maybe we've covered all your bases with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe and Transformers. But I feel as though Mike and Joel might have something to say about what passes for cartoons nowadays. And we should do Silence of the Lambs versus Hannibal the T show. Thanks we have, again. We have actually in our show ideas just just talk about Hannibal Lecter period for a whole yeah. show. Thanks again. Keep it up. Your Predator show was super great. Thank nice. you, Martha. That was very nice. And I, I would, I'd love to do a Saturday morning cartoon show because, I mean, it wasn't so much the cartoons. It was almost like the ritual of getting up on Saturday just to watch the cartoons. You get up, you get your cereal, you know, you park your ass with the Lucky Charm and the milk and uh, on the, on the, uh, coffee table in the living room. You put it on, you start watching whatever started on the uh, NBC cartoon lineup Saturday back when they had cartoon Saturday. Yeah, no kidding. Although I suppose that kids just watch it on cable now. Or Is that what I sound like when I go on a rant? Yep. Oh god. Except a little bit more raspy. <laughs> and you don't. And, and, I was gonna say, and more vitriol. And I was yeah. gonna say, you don't start most sentences with the uh, phrase "park your ass." And Martha, I apologize that Stone Snagglepuss was not as funny li- uh, live, which means not as funny at all. Yeah. Well, he's kind of funny. Pressure. Yeah. So yeah. Don't put people under pressure is all I'm saying. Like, like you know, when people demand, you know, perfection out of me, sometimes I just can't deliver. And it just, it breaks their heart because I know they expect it. You've been breaking hearts your whole life, huh? <laughs> you know, they, they have pills for that now. <laughs> so I just want to say quickly before we move on, a little personal note to Charlie. Do you see how easy it is to be nice to us when you communicate with us? Here we go. I was, that statement can lead to nothing good. <laughs> I woke up this morning. There's a dead for being an example. Yeah, Charlie. And we're all gonna wake up tomorrow with a dead cat nailed to our front door. <laughs> I don't know how he got a, a, heard this, but he Before knows. Even released. Yeah. Yeah. I do have uh, another voicemail here. Another one I didn't have time to screen, but it's from a new caller. Oh. I believe. Oh yay! Hey, this is Brian, the New York Wine Guy, and I've been listening to you guys butcher pronunciation for. <laughs> Oh, about a hundred episodes now. And finally, I can be silent no longer. It is not Guidon game. It's Guidon. A Guidon is a flag that a soldier carries into battle. It's French. It's not Italian. <laughs> Goodbye. Brian is a longtime listener. Good dude. <clears throat> Met him in person. He uh, has been on the Coffin Joe cast, and he is a coffee and wine snob. Oh, sounds like someone I would get along with. Yeah, no shit. Maybe you should call him up and hang out and go bowling. That would be a great, great conversation. Him not liking things that are pronounced wrong and me just just talking. You should go on a wine tasting adventure with him. Yeah, that'd be great. I love the Shiraz. (laughs) The Shiraz is really good. You got the Shiraz? The first time I met him before I even knew who he was, he offered to sodomize me. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I'm a bit of a pedant. Pedant? Woo! Fuck it. I'm just, I'm parachuting out of the sentence. I don't, I, I'm really curious where that was going, but. Well, I, normally I research stuff like that, but I discovered Gaidon Games. Is that how it was pronounced? Oh, like as we were live, because I, uh, had some of the research taps still open. Not to mention, Gaidon is much funnier. That's true. Mm. But normally that is the sort of thing that I would care about getting right, and I just, like, didn't. 
Yeah. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Is it about that time? Oh, my God. Is it ever? <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. All right. So this weekend, 1979, the year Meatballs was released. Uh, in music, <clears throat> My Sharona by The Knack is number one and stays there for 42 days. Mainly because people are thinking that the song is over, but it continues <laughs> playing. That one's got the, uh, is one of the classic songs that has like the fade out and you think it's over. And then the it, dip. it, yeah, it's got the dip. You think November rain is over? No, it's no, not. No, it's not. My Sharona does that. November rain is never over. <laughs> Some say it's still raining to this day. If you listen quietly. <laughs> anyway, August 4th through 11th, the British rock band Led Zeppelin plays what was to be their last British concerts until 2007 at Nebworth in Hertfordshire. Total Those attendance. Are so British. Those yeah. <laughs> Hertfordshire. And I probably said that wrong. Hertfordshire. That's probably closer. Yeah. Total attendance for the two concerts approached 400,000 people. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of nuts. What? <laughs> so it's a quote from Kung Pao. Ah, okay. Mm. Movies. The Amityville Horror is the number one movie because everybody loves flies. That's a great oh. film. <clears throat> that, that's, the book is even scarier. I agree. Bunch of crap, though. Well, Jesus. yeah, but <clears throat> scary. Good movie, but. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, well, what's your particular issue with it? That it was all made up. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's fine. I, yeah, yeah, it's been proven to be a, a giant. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The movie was, was is still probably my second or third scariest movie of all time. Yeah. But no, I get it. It was sort of framed otherwise. And yeah, it, it did come out that it was not like true horror. Oh, yeah. Horror. They, they specifically stuck to the story of it being a true story. Well, they, right. the son is still claiming that it's real, even though it's all been. It's proven. proven He's the only one holding on to it. Yeah. There's a documentary about it. It's garbage. Yeah. So Apocalypse Now, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starred Marlene Brando, Robert Duvall, Martin Sheen, is released on August 15th and promptly knocks the Amityville Horror off the top of the mountain. I've never seen a Apocalypse Now. Or pronounced Marlon Brando. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> was hoping I can get out of that with no problems. No, sir. <laughs> hoping I can get out of there. We've gotten to the point that I don't even acknowledge the small ones anymore. I'm just waiting for the big ones. <laughs> yeah. When I can't say baseball or something like that, that's always a fun one for him. Uh, also, Monty Python's Life of Brian premieres on August 17th. First time I watched that, I watched it with my dad. Rented it from the video store and sat with him. <laughs> you know my father's sense of humor. Yep. He had the, when it finished, he stood up, went, what the hell, and went to bed. <laughs> First time I watched it, I was with you. Really? Yep, at your place on Lake Street, or that was, was that on Lake Street? No, Oak Parkish, yeah. the walk-up place. Yeah, yeah, Across yeah. From the Seven <clears> Eleven. <throat> yeah. Uh, TV, sixty minutes, Three's Company, that's incredible, and Mash are the top dogs. Uh, I, I love. That's. I was just gonna say that that was a great show. Yeah. So, what was the guy's name? Skip that had the the hair no. helmet. That was John. a Skip Hindenburg. Yeah, John. Skip Hindenburg. No, it was. <laughs> John something. John Davidson. Is who yes, you're John Davidson. We just lost Mike. What happened? <laughs> because you're just like, yeah, Skip Hindenburg. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'll take go it. With it. Print it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so other crap probably happened, but uh, there's nothing really much happening on TV this week. Uh, sports. The Philadelphia Phillies pitcher, the father of Tim, Tug McGraw, gives up a record fourth Grand Slam of the year. Wow. wow. Four in one year? Yep, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, his his son is more, much more better at his job than his father, apparently. And hopefully your son, wherever he is, is better at grammar than you. Yes. Nope. <laughs> that's a phrase that I take from my father, much more better. Mm. Okay, then it's an honoring him, so I'm cool with that. Uh, Lou Brock, a famous first baseman for the... Uh-oh. Everyone knows what the SLC is. Well, it's the only acronym we have in here, except for MLB. Well, yeah, or, it's or, the Slick Liquor Commission. Oh, okay, well, there you go. We've been over that before, Michael. We've been over that one. Okay, well, the Slick Liquor Commission uh, is the uh, 14th MLB player to get 3,000 hits in his career. Pretty impressive. Slick Liquor. <laughs> I, I don't think we've seen the Slick Liquor Commission in the Twee for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, it was. Yet, it, we had it last week, except it was football. No, I, I mean that specific, <clears throat> like uh, the SLC. 
Oh, okay. Because uh, this is the only the it's the only acronym of the week that I've repeated, and this is the third time I've repeated it. Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right. That was this weekend. Dum dum dum. All right. Main show. So we're jump right. Yeah, we're jump. talking about Meatballs from 1979, directed by Ivan Reitman. If you don't know who he is, you haven't been paying attention. Known for things like Mash, Ghostbusters, a bunch of other stuff. All st- starring Bill Murray and the other guys from Mash. Did I say Mash? You said Mash. I said Mash. Yeah, you said Mash. Yeah. Robert Altman was Mash. Robert oh. Altman was Mash. What was I thinking of then? I was thinking of No Strings Attached. That's what I was thinking of. No, I wasn't. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think that might be oh, right you know there. what? No, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking right. of Stri- Stripes, but he was a producer oh, okay. in that. Yeah, Stripes. Yeah, Stripes, Animal House, like. Legal Eagles. Ghostbusters. Feds. Ghostbusters, yeah. Twins. Animal House is, is what made his career pretty much. Yep. He was the executive producer on Beethoven's Second and Beethoven. He produced Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. We'll forgive him. Yeah. Goes to show him that he can't. It can't all be winners. Uh, and this is another Bill Murray, Bill Harold Ramis joint. Yep. Yeah, and uh, let's see. We got a little trivia from here. Um, the first six collaborators of Bill Murray and Hel- Harold Ramis. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you want to try that again? The first six collaborations what? of Bill Murray. There's a yes. preposition in there. It's the first of six. Of six. Number one of six. You know what? Fuck I'm you guys. I'm out. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Look, but I don't I hate to be the one to kill Pat. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So I, I was mentioning that this was a Harold Ramis and Bill Murray project, but it was actually the first uh, ever of the big six that we mostly know, including Stripes and Ghostbusters. So, yeah, that's one little bit of trivia there. Okay. And uh, Jack Bloom, who plays Spaz, was also the film's casting agent. Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. kind of awesome, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and he he casts himself as Spaz. That's I what know how great is that. He's like, they're looking for a nerd. Well, he looks in the mirror. He's like, right. okay. All right. Well, that's what you need. Uh, this is actually first picture directed by Ivan Reitman and the first starring role of Bill Murray. So. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of firsts for this, and you can see it's kind of the template for a lot of the 80s comedies to follow. Like, yeah. it's maybe not the best of, but <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of common elements through other films in the decade. Yes, there's always the evil camp across the lake. Who are always rich kids who are generically evil. Mm-hmm. So this movie was filmed at an actual summer camp, Camp White Pine in Halliburton, Ontario. Uh, many of the extras in the film were, film were actual campers and counselors of the camp. But most, if not all, of the locations were actual camp facilities. The basketball courts, mess halls, swim docks, and everything else. The uh, Visitor's Day scene montage was actually filmed during the camp's Visitor's Day. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, White Pine also had a similar uh, yearly event to the Olympiad. Although rather being an inter-camp competition, it was an inter-camp relay-type competition that was just part of an overall all-day themed event, and it was named Mohawk Relays, in which perhaps was why they named the Camp Across the Lake Camp Mohawk. Yeah, I'm guessing if they had to borrow so much to get this film going, probably some of the Mohawk props that were used for the evil Mohawk campers were present for this uh, for these Mohawk relays. Yeah, it sa- saved them money in wardrobe and everything, so. It's like, cool hey, to what see that. all those guys Mohawks since we got all these Mohawk shirts. Right? Yeah, it's neat that the parents in the Visitor's Day were probably actual camper parents. So, uh, our cast starts with, uh, of course, Bill Murray. They've got Harvey Adkin playing uh, Morty, <laughs> a long-suffering Morty. Marty. Kate Lynch. Is it Marty? No, that was the joke. Every time he said Morty, they hi, Marty. Right. Uh, and then... Kate Lynch and, uh. Mick, no, was it Mick? They called him Mickey. It was Mickey, yeah. Well, that was part of a joke, too, because Mortimer Mouse was the original Mickey Mouse. Mm. Oh. There was Mortimer and Mickey, I think, and that, uh, that was the big joke. So subtle. Nobody good. got it. That's a good yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, and then we go down the list. I mean, you've got. Kate Lynch, and then it kind of drops off in terms of people you're likely to have heard of. Crockett was Although, played by Russ Bannum. I'm, I'm Chris, pretty sure Joel is about to say what I was going to say. Oh, that Kristen DeBell, who played AL, was uh, best known for her the Alice in Wonderland porn. Yeah, she was a yeah. porn star before she was in this movie. I did not know that, but that makes sense. 
Yeah, I'm looking to see if the, I recognize anybody who even showed up later as anything, aside from maybe like Chris Makepeace. My my bodyguard and Vamp. That's pretty much all I can remember him doing. Yeah. Which is what he did. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And he was oh. kind of, although Bill Murray's character was definitely front and center, uh, Chris Makepeace kind of played the, like, everyman protagonist you're supposed to identify with. Like, he's the main story in a lot of ways. Bill Murray? Yeah. No, I was saying you know, Chris Makepeace's character, oh. Rudy, going from, oh. like, depressed kid to, like, saving the day. Yeah, yeah. his was the main storyline. Yeah, him the sad, sad, doe-eyed child who came in, was taken under the wing by Bill Murray. Kind of very creepy. awkward yeah. and unfunny Bill Murray. Yeah, and they went running in short shorts. What do you mean, unfunny? He was loud and obnoxious, but he wasn't really on his game yet. He wasn't quite... No, I agree with Joel on this one. Well, yeah, he was young and everything, but, I mean, he was still funny. I think some of the stuff was uh, pretty good. He's not as good as he is in some of his later work, but he's still got that kind of screwball charisma, but he's not as laugh-out-loud funny. Like, I don't know as I would go so far as to call him unfunny, but he's definitely uh, not as... Unpolished. Yeah, he's unpolished. That's a good good way to put it. Yeah, he's rough. Rough around the edges. You know what it was? I think they tossed him into this comedy, and he was so used to doing Saturday Night Live, he wasn't sure where to aim the jokes. Yeah, and and they just, I I mean, they pretty much told him just, there's no script, just kind of do what you want to do. You know, they, they get, yeah, they gave it a green light to improv everything, and sometimes an improv shit doesn't go well, but they're still recording it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot to do with it, because you could kind of feel that, uh, stuff was just sort of happening. He was gonna do a character or a scene or a bit with his guy, and they yeah. had the roughest sketchings of a couple of plots going through but other than that you could tell that a lot of the dialogue especially with bill murray had to have been improvised well the whole we all know that you know if you're doing improv and the people you're trying to bounce off of are a bunch of stiffs you could look like a jackass yeah well like the whole scene at the dance yeah when he you know he's when he's doing the dance he's doing the eyeball you know putting his fingers over his eyeball things and they're just like oh keep going keep going you could probably almost you know they they should have taken the camera away from him about like 30 seconds earlier because he was running out of stuff to do because nobody else was playing along with the gag yeah right like everybody else is just dancing around like it's normal you know or whatever and he's out there just doing his thing by himself yeah improv is no. pretty tough to do by yourself I always thought of this movie, and it's part of the reason why I suggested it, was that I always thought of it as a screwball sex comedy from the 80s, uh, you know, kind of the template for Hamburger, the motion picture, and Hot Dog, and all the other ones that followed with different different settings, same Porkies. premise. Mm-hmm. But it really, it felt like an ABC movie of the week. It was it was friendlier. It was cuter than I thought it was going to be, and I agree with you, Joel. I was expecting I was expecting boobies, expecting and there were not. A lot raunchier. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like when when they you know, all right, virgins to the left, non-virgins to the right, you know that sort of thing. Or you know, it's you That's you remember these lines. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you remember these lines from it, and you're like, oh, well, they're saying stuff like that. It's got to be one of these screwy, like you said, like uh, um, Porky's type comedies. But it wasn't. I mean, it was it was. Nice. It was like a family movie. Fairly innocent. Yeah. Which is probably why Jay loves it, because his family let him watch it. It's kind of like a neutered version (laughs) of some of those sex comedies. I could see that. I mean, yeah, it had all of the trappings. Like, everyone had the same motivations, but uh, it was not as explicit as a lot of the later uh, films that followed the same kind of template. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite part? Favorite scene? Uh, Joel? Uh, Probably when they were all at the buses. Before they left at the beginning, oh. the whole interaction there with uh, with Bill Murray was probably the best part of the movie, in my opinion, of the movie. With him talking to the reporter, yeah, when he's talking about what he's going to be doing and pretending he's from Camp Mohawk, yeah, and she's just like the guy's just like eating it up like it's all real. <laughs> well, you know, what do you expect for a thousand dollars a day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, uh, Pat? Um, probably, probably the the Fink versus the stomach scene. I don't know why it's always been one of my favorites. It's just that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's just such a great scene. Like, I think it's, it's just because... the year that Fink beats the stomach. <laughs> actually, uh, uh, my buddy Mike, other Mike, um, named his team in fantasy football one or fantasy basketball one year. Fink beats the stomach. Nice. I was waiting for I, I Fink should have been barfing all over the place the way Murray was yeah, shaking, was him. Like, shaking him, him and like, grabbing his belly, going. Bleh. I'm like, that kid's gonna puke all like, over that the place. Not be helping at all. 
I think for me, it's got to be the archetype of the Bill Murray saves the day with a big speech. Although what's funny is his speech doesn't save the day in this one. We talked about this a little bit when we did our uh, Bill Murray show. That speech, that scene, which is my favorite, is pretty much what we focused on. It was our takeaway from Meatballs when we did the Bill Murray show. And it's interesting because it's the anti-inspirational speech. It's like, the why are you guys worrying about this? Uh, these guys are going to beat us. And even if they don't, they're going to beat us in life. It just doesn't matter. And yeah. by the end, he's got the whole camp chanting. It just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Hoisting Morty in the air. <laughs> I I personally liked Bill, the interjections of uh, Tripper's um, over the loudspeaker stuff. Mm. Yeah. It, Attention, there's an update on tonight's dinner. It was Veal. I repeat, Veal. The winner of tonight's mystery meat contest is Jeffrey Corbin, who guessed some kind of beef. Some kind of beef. <laughs> Attention, all junior campers, all junior boy campers are now junior girl campers. Yeah. No, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, almost like a whole bunch of little vignettes. Yeah, and I think they just wanted a framework because uh, this is mostly a teenage comedy. Uh, most of the characters who actually have development be- uh, be- uh, beyond Bill Murray's character of is he going to get the girl? I mean, obviously he's going to get the girl. He doesn't really have a character uh, arc in this one. That's something I wanted to bring up. Bill Murray's character in this is very rapey. Yeah, in yeah. that scene, it was it was a little uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I mean, by today's standards, she probably would have filed suit with as aggressive as he was throwing her around. Just, and just to show you, you can't do it. Just a hard, little harmless sexual harassment to somebody that's interested, in you, and it's sad. Not when you're doing <laughs> yeah, it like a luchador. <laughs> but that, I mean, I think honestly, that scene was just an example of what I was talking about earlier. With you know, he's trying to improv, but she just you know didn't really know how to react to it i guess you thought her character would have re- i don't i don't know if that was written that way or if that was improv he, he was he was filming meatballs <clears throat> and she was filming extremities <laughs> <laughs> jesus joel <laughs> yeah but, no, but I, th- I don't know i i think that you've got the movie really wasn't even about him even though he's front and center and he's the kind of guiding i'm going to try and help everybody and lead everybody character it was more about the teenagers Mm-hmm. And, and I, the camp setting is just one of those like where people work when they're teenagers. Yeah, just um, and, and you know what? The, I honestly think one of the characters that worked the best with him was was uh, Chris Makepeace. Like the the whole plane. I mean, it's like Chris Makepeace got in a couple lines here and there, but he was kind of rolling with it. Yeah, like when they were playing uh, when they were playing the blackjack for peanuts and stuff. It yeah, seemed like, seemed like he was he, he was in over his head, but he was. Doing better than some of the other people did. It seems. Yeah, it it really did. I mean, because he was like, he's he's messing with Chris Makepeace about the about how he's winning. You know, like you got kids starving around the world, and you're walking around with a sombrero full of peanuts. <laughs> you know, and it's he. It's like he. It, this is his, uh, Chris Makepeace's first movie, so he didn't know what was going on. He I mean he had they pair him up in a scene opposite Bill Murray, and they tell Bill Murray just go and do whatever you want. So it probably was more comfortable with them just playing, sitting playing cards. That's why that I mean I thought that scene was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. See, but camp kind of serves as a metaphor for life or um, a microcosm of of a lifespan because at the beginning when they get there they're one way, and when they leave they're another. And when we get to Wet Hot American Summer, they take that to the extreme. But that's kind of what you have here. You have the the beginning, middle, and end with the arc. And and at the end, everybody leaves changed. Except for Marty, who's floating out in the middle of the lake. (laughs) Yeah, they they were pretty rough on him. Hanging him from a tree. Yeah. (laughs) Leaving him behind. Did you any of us have that Lunar Patrol helmet that he wore? Oh, to do the announcements? Yeah. No, I did not. I had one. Just like it. So, but no, whole movie was made in 30 days. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I suppose they only had a month worth of camp. Then they had to, then they would probably have to hire extras to play the cam- other campers. I like this movie overall. I mean, I know it had its faults and everything, but for, I mean, it's, it's more nostalgic for me as far as it reminds me more of my own personal camp experiences when I used to be a camp counselor and all that stuff back in the day. Um, it was much more like this than, than Wet Hot American Summer because, you would obviously be sued several different times if you did things like that went out of it in summer, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So, I mean, I like this movie, and I, I like the soundtrack, too. I like the music to it. Like the, the Are You Ready for the Summer? And I actually, um, when I was a counselor, got all the counselors to learn the words to the song, except for we substituted our camp name you know, the, uh, at the end. You know the song they sing at the end around the campfire? 
We are yeah. CIT, so piteous. Yeah. I thought I thought you got everybody learn the words to moon dust. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this movie, yeah, it, it just reminds me of of the times when I actually did go to summer camp. Yeah, it did. It did with me also because I was also a camp counselor uh, for a few years. But um, no, I mean that's you know always, and you you met every single one of these kids when you were there. Sure. I mean there was there was the like I said you're you're the short depressed kid that we ordered. There's always a short, depressed kid. There's yep. always the geek. There's always the fat kid. There's always a kid that doesn't shower. There was, yeah, there was always some kid <clears throat> that would sit off by himself whenever we were doing group activities, and I'd have to go and talk to him, find out why he was hanging out by himself, and bring him over to the group, and introduce him to everybody. And every every time, because I would do it all summer long, and it, you know, every two weeks it'd be a different group of kids, and every time there was always yep. one. Is Josh the only one who didn't go to camp? I think Out of so. the three of us, yeah. he went to Camp Juvie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I never went to camp, but this this movie is what I always ima- imagined it would be like. So this is a lot more accurate. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that far off. Yeah, I mean, my two camp experiences I had were very similar to this. So yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Yep. So what do you think? Should we move on? Yeah, I think we're ready to take a break, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a wet, hot American summer from 2001, and uh, we'll talk just a little bit about the recent resurgence of wet, hot American summer as a series on Netflix. Welcome back, and we are about to get hot and wet. Ew. Yes, we're going to, we, uh, for the now portion of the show, we watched Wet Hot American Summer, which was the second time I have seen this movie. Same here. It was the first time for me. Really? Yeah. Pat, what about you? I've seen bits and pieces of it before, most of it, so. Yeah, I was told to watch this by somebody's wife, mainly Jay's wife. Who told, ah. who told me it was a com- comedy masterpiece. I, ah. I'd agree with that. I really liked this. Uh, spoilers? Yeah, no, I mean, we're going to get to it. Oh, that's what we're here for. So, um, Wet Hot American Summer, IMDB says, Set on the last day of camp, in the hot summer of 1981, a group of counselors try and complete their unfinished business before the day ends. Thank you, IMDB, with another lackluster description of a movie. But uh no, this uh this movie's starring Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black, uh Paul Rudd, Molly Shannon, uh Bradley Cooper, Amy Poehler, lots of people that you see doing really cool things now did this. Christopher uh, Maloney. Yeah. Christopher Maloney. It's a, it's pretty impressive how many people in this cast went on to do pretty good things. Yeah, really is. Um there's a lot of good humor in here. Um so, 2011, Paul Rudd told Entertainment Weekly that he was literally not sure he had ever gotten paid for this movie. <laughs> he thinks that because the budget and the production staff were both so incredibly small, they may have just overlooked making him a check. I don't so, think he's missing it now. Yeah, I think he's no, doing He's probably doing all right. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper had to miss the his graduation ceremony to film this movie. That's rough. Yes. <laughs> Hey, full of handsomeness. Yeah, so you weren't at, you weren't at uh, graduation, Brad. Where were you doing? I was getting fucked in the ass by Michael Ian Black. Are <laughs> right, you? Gratuitously graphic. Yeah. Almost porn scene. You you getting paid for that? I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good excuse, and I will ask no more follow up questions. <laughs> uh, when Beth gets kissed, an instrumental version of Beth by Kiss starts to play. I put that in there for you, Pat. But this is the fun one. According to David Wayne and Michael Showalter, rejected titles from the movie include American Love Bunk, American Name Tags and Underwear, American <laughs> Wedgie, Ankle Bites, the movie, Associate Professor Newman Goes to Camp, which I would have watched that. <laughs> Big American Love Wedgie, Blue Balls, Boner Camp, Boners and Clits, 
Boy side, girl side. Are you going to read all of these? Bring a change of underwear. Buddy check. Bug juice 81. Bunk bed America. Bunk you. Butt camp. Camp and pressure. Camp fire. Camp homestucks. Camp masturbate each other. Counselors and cancers. Damp vagina camp. <laughs> do do. Fresh grass. General swim. Going to third. Hot American wedgie. Hot kids in shorts. Hot wedgie days. Intermittent camp. Main squeeze. Morning wood. Postcards from the cot. Sex flies and videotape of a kid masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> slow dance boner s'more don't stop suck my big hard camp taco meat drips on nipples too teenage sex fields tits and taco day waterfront blues welcome back cot and wet hot beds yeah i think boner camp is appropriate so you're gonna read all of them is what, what you're saying yes yes i personally like sex flies and videotape of a kid masturbating <laughs> So this isn't so much a like updated version as a parody of films in the vein of Meatballs. Yeah, it's a big send up. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I thought that that's not exactly what I was expecting, but uh, me either. I, I thought that was kind of cool. This, you know, what this was? This was the movie that put together all the mo- what we thought Caddy, uh, uh, Meatballs actually was. Sure. Yeah. Yes. It- Took all the elements from every film from the 80s <clears throat> that Still was no similar. Boobies. What? Still no boobies. Yep. That's true. There Up was... to and including, like, Revenge of the Nerds. Like, I, I think one of the scenes that film uh, that kind of sums up what they're going for in this is the softball game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was every trope from every 80s sex teen comedy. You know, we, I mean, that's, I was, when he started doing the speech, the first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, Christ, no, they're going to do the softball game. And when the, when they, when the van pulls up and everyone says, like, yeah, we don't feel like doing it, it just drives away. I'm like, this is, this got funnier to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're when cool. the kids are like, it's kind of overdone, isn't it? Yeah. It's well trod territory. I don't think we want to do this. And he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go talk to him. They'll be cool with it. And then they, they kept do it all the way there and they're like, yeah, we don't want to do it either. <laughs> Yeah, now, they kept subverting your expectations with all the scenes, and even though they kept doing it, for me, it kept working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were a couple of them where they lost me, but for the most part, it was pretty funny. David Hyde Pierce was hilarious, and Janine Garofalo is about as funny as chewing on a sponge. Aww. Janine Garofalo, yeah, a little bit of her can go a long way sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, but I like and that's exactly them. what they should have had in this, a little bit of her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was fine in that role. I mean, she yeah. was kind of the generic lead that doesn't need to be funny. She just has to be in every scene. And the fact that she was rushing around from plot line to plot line uh, nonsensically actually worked for me. Yeah. She was kind of like the straight man. Uh, until the scene where they rush through the infirmary and, and completely destroy it for no okay, reason. Okay, see that? Me rolling. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Just randomly screaming. Ah! I didn't really understand that scene when it started, but by the end, I was like, oh, "All right, I'm kind of. It's kind of funny." Well, that's probably ha- the probably happened is they probably knocked something over when they first walked in to do the scene. Like, oh, screw it, go with it, destroy the place. <laughs> well, they're like, "How far can we take the joke?" And then they said, "Well, keep going." Because mm-hmm. even at the end, the, he goes back to have one more thing smashed. I like the fact that they use the same soundbite of pottery smashing for everything getting smashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was kind of funny. There was also at least two Wilhelm screams. Yeah. Yep. During uh, capture the flag. Yeah. And then the only time you ever see the only black camper is when <laughs> comes out of nowhere and wins the capture of the flag. And he's, yeah, the Kenyan, the Kenyan racer comes yeah. out of nowhere. I was just like, oh my god, that's so wrong. It's so funny. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce, he, him, first off, I felt like I was watching my brother. <laughs> and second of all, they, some of his lines that they snuck in there that I really don't, you don't expect him to be saying like, fuck my cock. Yeah, that yep. threw me. That threw me. Or when she's like, oh, Henry, oh, no, never mind. No, we're, please call me Henry. Yeah, that <laughs> one was great. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and so many of the scenes just had that, like, let's see how far we can push this joke, especially like the in town for an hour. Yeah, oh, that was a little over the top. That was, see, that was my favorite part. <laughs> that was, okay, partially. Did you ever, did you ever have a go to, go to the town thing? Oh, yeah. Go to town. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're trapped. On, in camp and camp as a counselor in this, you see that pickup just truck. Just seeing the same damn thing, even though it's beautiful, you're like the same damn thing every day. Yep, same damn squirrel, same damn log. I need a drink. I gotta, like, 
But uh, but no, I mean it's and everybody had their individual archetype that they played. Janine Garofalo as the the uh, camp director, Michael Showalter, Coop as the the nerdy but lovable guy. Katie was the love interest. Uh, yeah, she was uh, very much uh, the pretty girl next door. Which her <laughs> ending was again. They took you to a certain place. You're like, are we really going to go here? And then they flipped it. Yep. 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 Just like I, Mike, well, I'll say Paul Rudd. I mean, Paul Rudd. Or <laughs> 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 when she she asked him to pick up the stuff off the floor. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I'm guessing <sighs> the direction there was act like a three year old. Yeah, exactly. Because it re- totally reminded me of my little niece. Like every time you tell her she's got to clean something, she's like, by myself. Oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. If you have kids, that scene was so much funnier. <laughs> See, I, I think my favorite part was the, the montage where they're in training. Chris Milani's in training with, uh, with Coop. That was good. Yeah. They yep. even had a little footloose in there. Yep. With the random dance training. Yeah. And Gene, uh, probably is my, one of my favorite characters in this whole movie. After this, I'm going to go rub mud on my ass. What? <laughs> I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. <laughs> Maybe the funniest bit in the entire thing for me is when, uh, McKinley and Ben, uh, they've been, they've gotten married and JJ, uh, and I forget who the other oh, character. Oh, I know what you're talking about. JJ and, uh, Andy. No, no, uh, Gary. Yeah, JJ and Gary are, uh, were like trying to get him laid and then they play it for laughs once. And the funny thing is, is how much the gay wedding was a non-issue. And then they subvert the trope again when they're like, all right, we're going to get you guys. This is for you. And then they bring out like, uh, what was it? Chase Lounge. Chase Chase Lounge. (laughs) I'm like, oh, we don't have one. It matches our drapes. Oh my God. Yeah. They kept turning in. My favorite scene was the, this is not the time or the place to talk about this. Meet me at 10 seconds over at the picnic table. <laughs> and then <laughs> all the... There's a, a, a completely different group of people sitting at the table with all this... I'm glad so... you can meet us. You may remember when I told you to come over here a little while ago. Yeah. And she just stands there and just kind of stands there. <laughs> when, when he finds his group, he's like, uh, can you show me to the nerds? You know, um, the indoor kids. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Cabin three. And how many of you stopped and went, yeah, I knew that kid when he's like, I'm a level... Three or class B dungeon master. Oh, when he when he goes up to the girls' table, right? And then he's like, they're calling him a douchebag. He's like, that's a cleaning product. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I yeah, was we all knew that kid. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that, that was Pat's role. If only we had some sort of way to discern a number between one and twenty randomly. <laughs> this and it's so it is like you had described it as uh, Amazon women on the moon with a plot. Yeah. That's kind of how it felt to me. No, it's and that's exactly it. It was all these stupid little, like, him running back to the camp. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, JJ? Who was uh, the, is that the, the sex guy name? with the giant fro who was the, uh, I, I can't remember one yeah. of his characters. When Neil and Victor. Victor. Yeah, Neil and Victor. That's right. Yeah, when he's running back to camp and he's chasing him on the motorcycle. But he can't ever catch up to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or when he goes to save the kids in the, wa- yes. from the waterfall and they, they don't even show it. He's like, oh my, oh, he did it all. He got them all. Oh my God. He saved them. And he's got that knife when he comes back. And <laughs> so they keep flashing to the kids. They're like, they're about to go over the edge and they're just sitting. And that that was really funny. Uh... <laughs> no, that was, and, and I couldn't get over Bradley Cooper with the blonde hair and the popped collar. Yeah. Uh, that was rough. Him and Amy Poehler were weird and up the there. The funny gag that no matter how good those those kids sounded, she was like, "They sound like crap." Yeah, especially after they finished the talent show, they do that whole uh, Godspell scene, and everyone's clapping along, all happy, holding hands, singing along, and then they finish and like, "Boo!" <laughs> yeah, the whole talent show thing was just over the top, just brilliant. Yeah. Especially the whole uh, Alan Shemper. Yeah, that that felt like me on stage. <laughs> Well, yeah, he just keeps making these terrible, terrible old guy puns, and everyone's laughing. And I also want to give a shout out to all of the Molly Shannon scenes where they cut back to her and she's still like losing it over her destroyed marriage, and all oh, the kids kept, giving her therapy. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, and then they, end, they end up together at the end. I was like, oh, that's that's sick but funny. I, I love Molly Shannon, and she was perfect for that role. Yeah. Especially like, when Judah Freelander pops up. Oh, man, yeah. I loved his cameo. <laughs> I can't get over Molly Shannon's gums when she yeah, smiles. Kind of yeah. I can see that. Yeah, of course you can. They're huge. <laughs> so... 
But no, uh, it just, I mean, there's, so, again, throw everybody into the archetype, and it was just, it was sketch comedy with a mild plot s- stitched in. Yeah, and they had, like, three different stories going on, like Save the Kids, because Victor decided he'd rather get laid, and then you have the Skylab coming down, and then you have uh, Coop trying <laughs> to get the girl, a- and they, like, mashed all these familiar plot lines into one film, and it um, kind of made them work. Yeah, they but just, it's like yeah, they just uh, glued them together with a bunch of really weird, random sketch comedy type stuff. Well, it's just it's completely absurd. You know, they'll they'll take it to a point where it's it's normal and it feels like every other camp movie, and then all of a sudden it'll just go to the left and it gets really absurd. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Like uh, when uh, Chris Milani's character is giving the speech about being yourself and you know this really impassioned speech, and then he humps the refrigerator and everybody applauds as they you know walk him away. Just yeah, just a really, a, a really, I mean, just basically a, a really long send-up movie of a bunch of different camp scenarios and camp movies. And but the difference is much better well, done scary movie type movie. Well, that's yeah. just it. With so many movies that are satires or or spoofs or whatever, it it gets to a point within the first first half of the movie where it loses it and it just it falls into just being a movie. This, in my opinion, kept it going and successfully completed it. Well, and one of the reasons I don't like the not another teen movie, scary movie, those things is they have some scenes like this, but they run out of ideas and go for the cheap pop culture reference or gross out humor. Mm-hmm. And there was very little of either in this. There's yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The thing about all those movies is they're so dated. You can't watch them 10 years later. Right. Well, and the pop culture references of this in this one are based around 1981. Yeah, which honestly was really smart of them because they're making pop culture references of something that's retro when this was made. So, you know, they set themselves in their own time. Um, what was I going to say? No idea. No, I was agreeing with you, Joel. And what um, it's like when they were writing the script for this, it was they got to the end of each vignette and were like, "All right, now what will the audience expect us to do?" That is completely off the table. We are not allowed to do that at all. Yep. Now we have to do something completely out of the out of the ordinary. Can somebody explain to me why Victor crashed the van? <laughs> Not no. for the sake of comedy, There's but no reason. Did something legitimately happened. Why there crashed. there was He's something in... suddenly oh boom right into the tree. Mm-hmm. And doesn't just doesn't just clip the tree, but totally caves in the front. Yeah, because I watched it and I rewound it and I'm like, why did he crash? And I I was like, I guess it's just because it's plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was too into the song. For the same, for the same reason that he couldn't, uh, they couldn't put the, ride the bike around the, the hay bale in the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Which did anybody notice when he got back to camp? When Neil got back to camp, it was, uh, the stunt guy was on the motorcycle and then he gets yes. off and it immediately turns into the actor. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Cause it he, threw me cause I was like, well, who the hell is this guy? And then he got off and they cut back to him and it's, and it's Joe, uh, Joe Traglione. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It was, it was obviously he was, he was bigger. His hair was different, but yeah, he, they, he had a, I mean, I thought at first it was a, it was a joke on like he had, his hair had gotten totally screwed up riding the, the bike or something. No, it was just a completely different guy. Well, and then at the end when everything starts to wrap up and like all of a sudden, uh, David Hyde Pierce and Janine Garofalo are moving to New York and getting an apartment and she's pregnant already and it's only been like 11 <laughs> hours since they met. <laughs> yeah. That was another gag they did pretty well is that they'd, uh, advanced the scene with all this character development and all these gags and then they'd show you only 40 minutes had passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, all this stuff was fit into one day, the, the last final day. <laughs> I'm like, if this is a typical day at this camp, man, they, it's a great camp to go to. Well, and they kind of get into that with, I, I think what inspired this particular episode of our podcast is that this summer, Netflix did the prequel as a Netflix original series. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've got Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp. And which I didn't I, real, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, which I actually, I'm, I'm definitely behind because the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, why are they just doing the last day? Why don't they like show every, but I realize that's part of the joke is like all this stuff happened in one day, you know? Yeah. They all wind up at a crack house on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 40 minutes later, they're like, Hey, we're fine. Pull it up into the, well, and then there's fun. And it's also, <laughs> I like the self, the self-referential comedy and it's like, man, it's always good to get away from the camp for a while, even if it is just for an hour. Right. <laughs> They robbed an old lady, they went to the library, they shot up heroin, did cocaine. 
Because that was the first time I, I realized exactly what they were doing and how far they were going to take all this stuff. Because when it first started happening and they started doing a couple things, I'm like, okay, that's kind of rude or whatever. And then they robbed the old lady. I'm like, well, I can see maybe he's doing it. But then I noticed that Amy or, or that, Amy, um, Amy yeah, Poehler, yeah. Amy Poehler's character was in on the robbery. So I'm like, wait a minute. And then, then they start doing it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, they're really yeah, going over the For me, the moment that scene turns is when they're smoking a joint and Janine Garofalo walks up like she's going to scold them. And then is then like laughs and takes a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, think, I didn't notice it was a joint. I thought it was a cigarette at first. And then when they showed it again, I realized it was, I was like, oh, it was a joint. Okay. You, you would know. Um, the, the scene where this is just a real quick, I wanted to mention the scene where Paul Red's making out with Amy Smart, uh, not Amy Smart, Elizabeth Banks on the dock and the kid starts drowning. Yeah. And he's kind of realizes that he actually is drowning. And then he's like, can you give me about 20 minutes? <laughs> and you think he's going to like save the kid that's drowning? <laughs> No, he's just killing the other kid. <laughs> and what about all the kids getting thrown out of the van? I that know, was but, that was I, I, Paul Rudd. First time he threw one out, I'm like, right. what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Every time, every time a kid goes up against him and is going to rat on him, he throws him out of the van <laughs> on the side of the road. He's like, we're we're, we're going to get pizza? And then he just tosses him out of the van. Yeah. So, so but yeah. So Joel and Josh and I watched the first two episodes of the Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp. Which surprisingly stars Paul Rudd, Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper, Janine Garofalo, Amy Poehler. They they got everybody back. Not wow. I think David I. Pierce well, is the only one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think he's the only one we haven't seen, but that he could show up later. Wait, who right. who, who are we missing? David Hyde Pierce is the hmm. only one that hasn't shown up yet. Well, remember he didn't show up until the very last day of camp. Everybody else was there beforehand. Right. right. So, like so said, they added. No, 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 because they did make mention to having seen each other a couple times. So he'd been there for a little while. Yeah, he might show up later. But I, when I, I saw, I knew nothing about first day of camp except for that it existed. And when I started it up on Netflix and I was watching it, I was amazed at the fact that they got Paul Rudd to come back and do this. The dude Paul just Rudd finished will do just about anything for he for a laugh for fun for giggle. I mean, he just seems like he's like well, up for whatever. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, I found it really cool that they expanded the cast because there are people that could have been at the camp on the first day that didn't hack it the entire eight weeks, and we get to meet some of those people. Jason Schwartzman, yeah, who kind of seems like he's going to be the douchebaggy type counselor at the beginning, but. I don't know if we're calling spoilers at this one, but no, no. And you've got Josh Charles as the uh, leader of the uh, douchey rich rich kids who are generically evil from across the lake. Yeah, with three pop collars. Yeah, and then you've got Lake Bell who plays Shannon and it's, uh, supposedly Cooper's girlfriend, but that is up in the air. Sure. Um, and then her, the the Brazilian or Argentinian soccer player. Well, no, he's he's Israeli. Israeli. David Wayne, who was co-writer and creator um, in that. And then, of course, H. John Benjamin, who everybody knows these days. He's working nonstop. Yeah. Yep. And he's always eating a can of vegetables. Which, of course, we all, if you, we all, we didn't mention it, but he was in the original one as the talking can of vegetables. <laughs> the random talking can of vegetables. And yeah, we awesome. uh, have found out that the TV series will explain why. Yes, the the talking can of vegetables has an origin in the TV series. Oh, nice. I which is wait. awesome. And they also remade an origin for, uh, oh, what's her face? Um, oh, the bubblegum slut girl. Yeah. Molly, Sh- oh, well, Abby. Abby and Molly Shannon. Well, uh, not just Molly Shannon, but uh, the, the second episode like starts with a huge uh, origin for Elizabeth Banks' character, who's oh. a total throwaway, like really <clears throat> slutty girl. Mm-hmm. She was the bubblegum girl from the movie, Pat. No, she wasn't the bubblegum. No, that's girl. Abby. No, yeah, Abby's the bubblegum no. girl. Oh, okay. That's the Marissa girl. Ryan. Oh, okay. The yeah, Elizabeth, girl who becomes a woman. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks' character like gets this whole involved backstory for how she got to camp in in the series that they spend a good like I don't know ten minutes on. Yeah, yeah. The, right. The opening sequence um, for the second episode. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which, in case I don't know, if, did we explain that it's like the the start of camp? Yeah. Like, and and it's yeah. the start of the the first day of camp before what happens in the two thousand one movie fifteen years later. So all the people are aged. And look older, but they're supposed to be earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. which and I, I think mean, is some part of, of them, the joke. Some of them look pretty okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, Paul Rudd looks fine. Um, Marguerite Moreau looks great. I can um, believe that. Yeah, Joel Julia 
looks about the same. Yeah, Janine Garofalo looks about the same. Bradley Cooper. No. Bradley Cooper's looking pretty fine. I think the only person who really doesn't sell yeah, it is cool. is is Cooper. Yeah, which Show which Walter. makes yeah which makes it all funnier because you know he he looks like a thirty six year old dude who's pretending to be seventeen. Which, which is, if you I'm notice, so- he's always kind of hiding his gut. Like he'll have the clipboard in front of it, or yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but he can't hide the fact that like his head looks like it was packed with Jimmy Dean sausage. <laughs> Chris Pine is going to be in this. I see. I, really? I, oh my god! I'm looking at the the cast list: Michael Sarah, Kristen Wiig, uh, David Hyde Pierce does come back. Okay, nice. good. Yeah, he's. I'm not surprised. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, what? I am yeah. so going to have to uh, watch the entire series. Which uh, also, um, Hurricane of Fun, the documentary about the making of it, is also available on Netflix. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Last night, uh, watching Wet Hot American Summer, I laughed uh, like I haven't laughed in a long time. And I'm wishing that I'd seen, the, what was it, The Slate? What was their... Uh, the State. The, the state, state and Stella. Mm-hmm. Their sketch comedy. And I remember hearing about it and thinking it would be the sort of thing I liked, uh, but never got around to watching it. And now I'm thinking I'm going to have to dig those up, too. See, I've always, I've always liked Michael Ian Black, but I've never... Been a huge fan of him. He's he's uh, sometimes he gets a little too surreal for me. Was Michael Ian Black in the Kids in the Hall? Yes. Okay. No. 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 He was not. No, I don't believe he was. Who am I thinking of? I know. I had the same. Kevin Foley. Maybe. No. Uh, hold on one second. I because I thought the same uh, thing when I first saw it. I was like, oh, it's a dude from. Kids in the Hall. Hang on, I'm looking too. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at like the uh pedigree from all the shows that the state alumni make their way through and you've got uh ed i don't know if any of you remember that oh you're thinking of uh scott no not scott thompson bruce bruce mccullough maybe yeah yes bruce mccullough so you've got Ed, Stella, as Joel mentioned. You've got uh, Tom Goes to the Mayor, Reno 911, yeah. um, The Reaper even. Um, wow, yeah, just a whole bunch of uh, shows that they kind of make their way through. And I guess some of them, Michael Ian Black at least, uh, is now on the Jim Gaffigan show. Oh, well, and then like I had mentioned earlier, this also ties in with uh, Children's Hospital, which is another absurdist show that's on Comedy Central. I mean, all these people are in their own rights funny and can carry a show, but here they're kind of all concentrated, which is interesting and fun. Well, this Wet Hot American Summer is what happens when you get improv comedy with people that know how to do it mm-hmm. and the, that enjoy working with each other. Yeah, yeah. That there's a chemistry between them. Then people know how. I I wouldn't be surprised to find out that several of these scenes from the movie were actually ad libbed, and they just because they work so well together. I, I would love to see if in ten, fifteen years, if people look back on Wet Hot American Summer as almost a creation of a two thousands era kind of brat pack thing just looking at how many of these people continue to work together how it like even moves into the judd apatow world you've got a lot of the same people yeah it's it's very incestuous this whole this whole thing and it led to a lot of of other things for them before and after um and and you can tell that they're just having fun Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's part of the reason why it's so successful is that everybody wants to be there and everybody's having a good time yeah, that's exactly it. Everybody was enjoying it. I mean, there was everybody knew what to do when the line when the line was dropped. Everybody had a pickup for it. I mean, even I don't even know how much of a script there actually was, but it, you know, this is like the uh, the opposite of the Bill Murray thing is where you have people that can you have somebody who's good at ad libbing and everybody else that's good at picking up and creating a scene out of it. Whereas in Meatballs, you had Bill Murray trying to ad lib with a bunch of people that were told just pretend you're at a dance. Like you throw Bill, a young Bill Murray into this cast, and he's going to do a lot better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Potentially, because yeah. did you guys ever see the episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway where Robin Williams was on? Yes, it was. It was a failure. And talk about having you know excellent improv comedians in the same room together. You know, if they're not quite on the same page, it it can be a big. Well, yeah, it's reaction. the difference between are you used to being the center or are you used to being part of an ensemble. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you want the spotlight, then you should do improv on your own, do a one-man show. But if if you're willing to work with others and play off each other like we do on this show, 
then again, Wet Hot American Summer succeeds because nobody really wants to be the star. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend if you're not familiar with these movies, if you liked Revenge of the Nerds, American Graffiti, any of the like mid 70s to late 80s comedies, this is a send up and a love letter to them. But like instead of just remaking them, it turns everything, all your expectations from those films, like we've said repeatedly, just on their head. Uh, so you can laugh at how silly those things really were if you think about them. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this at work today and I, I equated it with the movie that we would write if the four of us sat down and wrote a movie it would be somewhere along these lines i'd love to believe we're that clever <laughs> yeah well i believe it <laughs> you know you know speaking of who's on us anyway you want to know a guest star who actually did great with the rest of the team richard simmons Richard Simmons. That's exactly what I was thinking of. That guy played along with every single joke, whether he got it or not. But that was, I, that was, that was was an example of someone going all in on the improv thing. Just, yeah. Yeah. I nearly peed myself when he was on there. Yeah. That's, that is one of the funniest things I've ever, that, that and, and, um, triumph at the attack of the clones premiere yes that was the two funniest things i've ever seen on television the whole jet ski scene with richard simmons oh and who's like oh my god yeah it's a little wet (laughs) (laughs) yeah that so but so favorite scene from you guys oh wow mine is easily the the meet me at the park bench in 10 seconds yeah, and I, I like I said, I think the first time I saw this movie, I was I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it as much as I did ten years later. And the montage scene stood out for me then, and it still stands out for me now. Um, although any of the scenes with Chris Milani will be a close second. Josh, man, I should have been prepared for this question. I. <laughs> I think the talent show, I mean, part of it is the incredible gravity and seriousness of the Godspell number, having seen Godspell several times. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just a whole nother level of funny on its own. If you've seen Godspell, Mm -hmm. like how serious they're taking it. Well, we were in it. I don't recall taking it. Yeah, I don't recall taking it that seriously. Having been in it, right. Yeah. Which is why probably Phil kept trying to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's. It might be a correlation the, there. One of the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the kid that balanced the broom on his hand. Total, <laughs> total sell for me. Now the, I mean the, let's see, probably saving the kids from them going over the waterfall. I was <laughs> just the the joke where they keep coming. The kids are about to go over the waterfall, and they cut to the kids, and they're just sitting there, obviously yeah. on a. Ah! And, and the kid, the best part about it is, if you look, the kids in the boat are are laughing about how ridiculous the whole the whole thing is. So that's I think and the when he kind of goes to save him and the other guy's like, Oh my god, he did it and you know, as we're watching it, I'm watching it with Susie and she's like, They're not gonna show him do it, are they? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah, it, not. It's, it's about a, a good two, three seconds into his whole you know, describing the whole thing, you realize, yeah, they're just gonna show him instead of showing the actual saving. <laughs> that's the joke. Yep. And uh, I have to say that definitely after having seen Wet Hot American Summer, I am a fan of Marguerite Moreau. I, I didn't know who she yeah. was before this. She's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff, and uh, I-, I think she's awesome. Just uh, don't go back and watch The Mighty Ducks and get a boner, Pat. Definitely not agreed. No. <laughs> and here we Emilio are. I love Emilio Estevez. You know that. Is that the one where Emilio Estevez is in a dress? No. <laughs> So thumbs up, thumb down for the meatballs. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was still good. Yeah, I'm going to uh, say thumbs up. I'm not as enthusiastic about it as I thought I'd be, but it's it was still fun. Yeah. I I uh, was enthusiastic about it and was let down, unfortunately, so I'm going to give it a thumbs down. <gasps> what? After the bus scene, I, I really lost interest. I watched it, but I didn't care for it. Uh, I don't get the affection. See, and I, that's one of those where I liked it, but it's not where I jump all over you for not liking it because I understand the perspective. It has 70s pacing. Yeah, it does. So, what had American Summer? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I said at the top of this half of the show, it's an overwhelming thumbs up for me. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, and after the first time when I enjoyed it, but I didn't quite get it. Now, I mean, it's it's I'm going to have to get it because it's one of those things that I think I, I can just watch over and over again. And I am so excited to watch the other six episodes of the show. It's it's so good. A thumbs nice. up and then some. I had I had thumbs down when I first watched it. 
because I didn't understand it. I think there's something about watching Caddy, watching up uh, Caddyshack, watching Meatballs, and then watching this that kind of slapped Wet Hot American Summer into where into the frame of reference that it should have been. So I can give it a thumbs up now. I did good, Pat. I I should love this movie. On paper, this is perfect Uh-oh. for me. Um, it was a little too surreal for me in some of the scenes. It went a little too far. It, I felt a little too much of like Michael Ian Black's influence in some of the writing. Because I mean, that's you know David Wayne and and him write a lot of the same type of stuff, obviously. So I mean, I still give it a thumbs up, but it's not an overwhelming thumbs up. It's a barely a thumbs up. I didn't. I didn't by any means want to give it a thumbs down. I just didn't love it like you guys did. Sure, like like rubbing a booger off your thumb, thumbs up type of thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like kind of like kind of like eh, thumb up. <laughs> that was a what fierce... is going on in that basement, Mike? <laughs> I don't know what I think, that was. I think I got to open a window or something down here. I got some ventil- <laughs> ventilation problems. <laughs> All right. So. So, um, all right. So next week, this is my boomstick. Yes, yeah, we're going to be talking about the man, the myth, the chin, Bruce Campbell. Yes, Briscoe County Junior. All week long. Oh my God, I, I I have to see. I have to make a lot of time to rewatch so much for next week's show. <clears throat> Briscoe and him playing the Pirate King from. Uh, uh, what was that? Xena. Oh, they are the Bandit King? King the of Bandit Thieves? King. The King of Things. Didn't he didn't what he have his own spin-off on that yep. also? Yeah. He did. Jack Jack of Jack, Jack of, of All Trades. Jack of Trades, yeah. Um Bubba right. Hotep. So, Jack of All Trades is what well, I thought they Oh yeah, maybe it is Jack of All Trades. Um, yeah, Bubba, Bubba Bubba Hotep, yep. Uh um, Maniac Cop, Evil Dead, of course, Army of Darkness. Yeah, and then we're gonna watch ourselves some uh Burn Notice. Burn, Burn Notice, yeah. <laughs> to which he plays Bruce Campbell. Basically. <laughs> Yeah. Or well then or my name is Bruce. You want to see him actually play Bruce Campbell. Literally. Yeah. So there we go. Next week, uh Bruce Campbell. This and uh, if you're looking for some of our older shows, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher and Talk Show. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of us, you can always give us a call at seven oh eight now rap. That's seven oh eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Yeah. So thank you for listening and uh we'll see you next week. Or hear ya. Shit. <laughs> There's like a thing of ammonia open or something down here. And if you're not listening to us, well, fuck you. <laughs> but if they're not listening to us, they didn't hear that. So. Well, that's why it's safe to say that. Oh, okay. We're not offending anyone. Summer. Are oh, you ready, ready for it? The summer. <laughs> you have that soundtrack, Pat? Yes. Wow. Is it on your iPod next to uh, Boy Wonder, We Love You? <laughs> yes. It will be. <laughs> and the vacation theme song as well. And the one for Christmas? Christmas vacation one? No, that, I, I don't like that song. What? Yeah. Christmas no. time is here. Right here. No. I'm to Christmas vacation. I think there might be something wrong with your speakers. Cause that's <laughs> <laughs> an enigma. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Yeah, and they're remaking uh, Meatballs as an R-rated uh, uh, action flick now. It's, what? It takes yeah, it takes place at Camp Fist of the North Star. All right, Joel. I know you got that, you fucker. I know you understood that. Please. I'm ah, sorry, sh- I did not. Ah, shit. Okay, at least it's at the end I can cut it out. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> so, all right. Like Pat was saying, when you're trying to improv and no one's going with you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Drinks and break. All right. Sound good? Sounds good.